0: What did we slip into? Welcome everyone to another episode of Pod Like a Hole. This is your host, Mark. I'm joined as always by my fellow Nine Inch Nailers, uh, Eric.
1: King of the forced narrative.
0: And Stephen.
2: I can't rain all the time again.
0: Uh, You can't rain all the time again? (laughs)
1: So he's back on the crow Loop. Jane Syberry, uh,
0: he's uh, he's changed his uh, his status on that. But today, uh, we actually are joined by um, a friend, colleague, and a somewhat casual fan of of the band. Um, but we wanted to bring a little bit of uh, little diversity into things, if you will. So uh, today, we are joined by. Sarah Fodge, who is a longtime friend of the trio. Sarah, hello. say hello.
3: Hello. May I say it's nice to be in the Trent-shiz with you fellas.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and Sarah, uh, you've, you've listened to the show before, right? You're yes. not just pitying us.
3: No, I have. I haven't listened to all of them. There's too I many listened of them. To lots of them.
2: I haven't
1: even listened to all of them. That's oh you are looking at me. There's a bonus episode. You don't have to listen to No, it. I've listened to all of Wait, it. Wait, did
3: you really change your stance on the Jill Sibbery song?
0: That's not a good song. Uh- <laughs> um, I love that song. The It Can't Rain All the yes, Time. It's a great song. I I disagree.
2: <laughs> um so let, let's let's see here. Uh Sarah, um we're all friends here, that's part of part of the show is that you can't, you, can't, you can't buy camaraderie like this off the internet. And uh, we weren't going to mess it up by bringing some stranger in here, even though uh, we've gotten a slew of emails saying, hey, you guys, I really like your product, but my God, you're so boring middle-aged white and male. And, um, well, at least we got a female. So she's still pretty boring, middle-aged white, though. I was, was going to say,
3: yeah, like um, those other three things. <laughs> Anyhow,
2: yeah, we're still, we're working on it, guys.
1: One out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, I'm uh, excited to be here.
4: Yes.
2: Uh, Sarah Sarah, and, and I have been friends for uh, like uh, 16 or 17 years. Yeah.
0: Probably, yeah, early 2000s. Yeah,
2: and then because yeah. uh, everybody poaches off my my hard work, Eric and uh, Mark followed soon after. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so uh,
1: Well, I mean, you introduce these people, and then you get mad and sit in the corner for 15 minutes, and we have no choice but to hang out with these people yeah. you introduce us to. Ah, That's, <laughs> uh, the classic
2: that's, Steve that's usually how it works.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, shit, Steve's over there. I don't know what his problem is. I guess I'll talk to this other person. Yeah. And then, to yeah, yeah, But, the, the, but the, the beauty of it is that everybody has already gone through that with me, so then they have something to talk about in common. Um. And yeah, we became friends during uh, the Midtown years. And then I followed her. To, she already lived in San Francisco, and I followed her down there. But she, her her lineage is from this area as well, Sarah. Tell us all about yourself.
3: Okay. Well, um, I grew up around... Well, I was born in Nevada City, but then I grew up around El Dorado Hills and um, moved to Midtown after that. That's Midtown Sacramento. Midtown Sacramento, yes. And then lived there for a few years, then moved to San Francisco, where I lived for... 12 years and now i am back in the foothills living in placerville yes it's, it's the
2: circle of life of when somebody so, thinks they're young and exciting
3: basically i've done everything i said i would never do
2: yep yeah, yeah. you think you're young and exciting for a long time and then you you say you'll never have kids yeah and you decide <laughs> to have a kid i'll
3: never get married never have kids never move back home and i did all of those things and
2: then so. you realize that you you can't yeah, uh, to, to those that can make things work in San Francisco, I salute you, but oh my God, it exhausts me just thinking about it. I know. So then you that. retreat like a coward <laughs> back to the hills.
3: And I do. I feel like a coward every day. So then um, Steve followed me after I left San Francisco back to the foothills as well. So now we're both up here. Which is good because...
2: Uh, This podcast would have never worked if we uh, weren't able to be in the same place. I think we just tell ourselves that because it forces us to hang out. It probably would work if we had the correct uh, software. Sure. But that's fine. Um, It's
0: always good making FaceTime for everyone, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sitting in a room, drinking bad beer, and... Eating Chex Mix over microphones is always uh, what our listeners come here for. I, we it. haven't eaten Chex Mix in like five episodes. <laughs>
4: that's
2: <laughs> that not true. At yeah, all. I was well, going to say, no, I, I don't
3: see any Chex Mix. I haven't yeah. stopped eating it so. in general, but I mean, <laughs> on,
2: on the air. Uh, so yeah, Sarah. Sarah's all fine and good, and turned out that uh, all of us had very mutual interests. Uh, Sarah, who's the best band of all time? Depeche Mode. I knew that, that's her answer. Yeah. She loves Pesh Mode. We're all fans of the Depeche oh, yeah. Mode. Oh, yeah. I believe the two of you were at that same concert together yes. recently.
1: yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this last one at Golden yeah, yeah, One? Yeah, yeah, And we were, like, Instagramming messages between songs. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time.
3: I that was your first time seeing them, That right? was my first time seeing them, and I, yeah, I, had, a, I had a blast. Yeah, i never two.
0: forget your first Gahan.
3: How <laughs> many times have you seen them live? Um, I think six.
0: So, yeah, I've seen them once on Exciter and once on the Singles Tour. Um, but w- how many times have you seen them again?
3: It was, it was five or six. Twice, Songs of Faith and Devotion. That, then,
0: that far back?
3: Yeah, I was like 15.
0: Wow. She's like
2: eight years older than us. Yeah, I'm
3: old. And then I saw them at Coachella.
0: Not eight. At least And then two.
3: I saw them in Oakland. And then this last show, so I guess five.
0: Wow. That's really cool. Uh, what was your favorite time to see them?
3: Probably. Um, Probably the first time because sure. I was just so excited, and it was my first real concert, also. Yeah. And then, um, where? What venue? It was Arco Arena.
0: Okay. And do you remember who opened it for him? The 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 oh, nothing it records act. Yeah, well, that was before the nothing years. Sure. <clears throat> I, me and Steve saw the the live. But it was a Crest Theater. Really boring. Can't remember a damn thing from the show. Mm. I think Pete Yorn opened up for him, didn't he? Yes. Yeah.
2: We've talked about it on the show before.
0: Yep. Uh,
2: speaking of the Crest Theater, Henry Rollins is coming soon to do Spoken Word. I think I'm going to go. I've seen him at the Crest before. I love Henry Rollins talking. He has a great podcast, by the way. I sent you guys a link that you probably didn't look at. Nope. i not talks, a fan. I'm not talks, a fan he talks, of Henry <laughs> Rollins. He talks about Lemmy. What, what it's don't funny. You?
1: Just his music is just him talking, too. So. <laughs> it usually is. <laughs> um, he's a smart guy. I don't know, he's probably progressed in his older
0: age, but I remember if, like, you didn't lift, you were seen less than. I don't know, I don't know if I, I think that's what we perceived, but if you listen to him, if you ever listen to him talk,
2: like, I feel that, yes, he believes that being in shape is the ultimate thing, but I don't think he needs to, that, that all the rest of us should be dead he's like the thinking man's flea for for whatever reason he's like Well, yes I think they've both been in uh, movies where they played cops together that's what I'm saying
1: (laughs) (laughs) the movie was The Getaway with Charlie Sheen oh The Chase you mean I'm sorry yes Um, anyhow (laughs) Getaway had had Baldy
2: not to you know derailing us is the whole point of this show Um, what was I going to say about the Crest Theater also oh who knows but uh, so that's, that's that's good yes Depeche Mode is good and uh, how do you feel about Nine Inch Nails in general? What's your relationship with Trent Reznor? Oh, wait. No, wait. I remember what I was going to say. This is a great radio. I find it interesting. Steve's organized for everyone. I, what are you going to do? It's Thursday night. Uh, I, I find it interesting that you went and saw them at a young age because somehow in my travels, I've become good friends in my youth with uh, uh, people of uh, Mormon upbringing.
4: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and
2: this other family that I was close to the daughters of that family were very into Depeche Mode and very into your pet shop boys and that seems to be uh, part of your past too
3: yes so I was raised Mormon and I don't I will agree with you. There's some kind of weird undercurrent with Mormons and, like, new wave 80s music. You're, that's
0: crazy because, yeah, I had some friends, like the community that me and Steve grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of Mormons at, uh, in high school. And, uh-huh. yeah, uh, they, I knew quite a few that were really into Depeche There was is a that, weird cross-section there. Is it, it's sexy but safe sexy.
3: Maybe. It's, yeah, slightly dangerous, yeah. but, uh-huh. you know, there's not a lot of cursed words. Right. Yeah. And but, but you yeah. Look at that policy of truth video and come <laughs> on. <laughs> but yeah, you know, new order, joint division. Like yeah. So that's fun. wild. Yeah. So um I've told Steve this story before, but when you're Mormon, you go to girls' camp during the summer. And when I was like fourteen, I think I was probably more into nine inch nails. Like I really wanted to be into them because I thought they were cool and I thought Trent Reznor was hot. So every girl would bring pictures of their boyfriends and put them in the little bunks in the camp, Sure. Um, cabins. And I brought a picture of Trent Reznor and put it. Old my... Severus Snape. <laughs> yes, Did you yes. Say so back he when was he your had boyfriend? the. Did you tell the girls he was your boyfriend? I think I tried to, but I'm not good at you know really playing that kind of stuff off, but. I think I probably did it more to be shocking, to be like, oh yeah, this is my boyfriend with this long black hair, and
0: he lives in Canada, and
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why you never meet him because he's just, he lives in a different country. Um, but yeah, you know, I liked their earlier stuff. Um, so we're talking like Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah, you know, I, I like Down in It. I know how you guys feel about that the song, song fine. but I actually listened to it on the way down again to make sure. I'm like, yeah, no, this song is rad. It's a great. I don't know song. What they're talking about? It's a great song.
2: That's funny The recently Towns is going my son is in school and he's been in preschool for a while and now he's picking up shit the kids are saying and uh, he's been telling me to go away a lot lately which I don't like he'll be like go away it's <laughs> terrible I thought, I thought I had at least 10 years before he did this to me but another thing he did recently is he just started singing rain rain go away come again another day and made me think of down in it so yeah there you go there <laughs> That's
1: you it. go 2 year olds singing that, yeah. nursery rhymes we do get a lot of heat for making fun of pretty hate machine when we recorded it but i think we were pretty clear that we love that that album a lot uh there's just you know when you're when you're recording a podcast you do look for a laugh where you can get them and there's a lot of laughs to be had on that album um that doesn't make it any less of a wonderful album
0: yeah not at all I mean it's uh, it's a goofy album all things considered but I do think that uh, I mean early Depeche Mode is also goofy like Master and Servant you know but I love it you know it's 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 fantastic we were just watching the uh, video for New Orders True Faith the other day and that video is nuts makes no sense but the song is just absolutely amazing so uh, new wave music is not like a joke it's it's just, it's fun music.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously you guys are doing a Nine Inch Nails podcast, so you probably sure. love Pretty Hate Machine and the earlier works, of but yeah.
2: I tolerate it.
3: <laughs> there's I only mean,
2: There's only so many, there's only so many days left in my life. If I'm going to listen to a record, I'd, there's other Nine Inch Nails records I'm going to listen to. Well, 50. yeah, let
0: me just say this. So when uh, before there was a deluge of material to really cover with Nine Inch Nails, uh, when there was only really three releases to really focus on, there was uh, – this is pre-Fragile Days. Uh, so you had Pretty Hate Machine Broken and Downward Spiral. All three of those were in constant rotation, and I poured over those like they were the holy documents. Um but now that there is so much to choose from, like there's scores, there's There's too much now. There's too much. So now like I don't necessarily have to reach for that album as much as I did in the past because there's just there's a lot of material I can look at. Um but yeah.
3: Yeah, I actually didn't really realize how many albums they have until Steve asked me to be a part of this show. And yeah. I was just like I seriously <laughs> <have been laughs> like, missing an action for a few years. Yeah, so realizing it, how be many albums
2: for the slip, She's like, the, the what? The slip. Like, Here's how you find
0: it.
3: <laughs> I found it.
0: So yes, uh, so that was uh, that was Sarah giving us a little bit of a background on her uh, her resume and her time with Nine Inch Nails. You're qualified. You're Thank qualified. You. Thank yeah, you. you're uh, you passed the audition. Um,
2: well, if- this actually uh, we can tie everything together here. We already did talk about the year.
0: Two thousand and what? Two thousand and eight. Yes. Okay. It's the year of George W. Bush's last year in office presidential election. But I do have one thing, Stephen. Is there any uh, Nine Inch News that we need to cover? I don't think since so. Since our last episode. There's the,
2: still the trickling of uh, periodic articles on the internet and Trent Reznor talking about things. But nothing spectacular.
0: What that about that score up. That's uh, he's he's confirmed to do? Thanks, Mark.
2: Uh, bailing me out. Uh, yeah, I know him. Uh, yeah, that, it, there was a trailer that came out with a uh Jonah Hill directed movie about a skater kid in the 90s and it kind of looks like a a day in the life type of movie and uh it's scored by Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor. And I'm thinking that it might be like a different style of of music for them just because it's a whole different era. Sure. I don't think the uh the weird the weird uh desolate planks of the Vietnam documentary are going to work with the kids doing ollies.
1: It'll be interesting to hear. Are they going to do the whole score or just like a couple tracks on it?
2: It says they're going to do the score and uh, the trailer looks great. I think it looks good. I had no idea uh, Jonah Hill's a talented <clears throat> guy. Apparently
0: it's called mid nineties. What is that? The name of yeah. the movie? Yes. Mid nineties. Okay. Yeah.
2: And they got real skater, <sighs> skater guys to do, no. to be in it. And we are all children of the greatest decade. So I, I always like stuff that takes place in the 90s.
0: <laughs> the
4: greatest
0: decade. The 90s were the
2: best. <laughs> Tom Brokaw is online too, holding. I think he's got something to say. I didn't say the greatest generation, I said the greatest decade. There's a difference there.
1: <laughs> it was a good decade. Think about
2: how balanced things were compared to how they feel now.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. you're right. You're right. Um, okay, so uh, so 2008, where were you, Sarah?
3: I was in San Francisco. And I had just started attending University of San Francisco. I lived near the Panhandle, and I was just fresh off a breakup. A 10-year oh, relationship yeah. breakup. So I it's was... a hot scoop. So I was... Single crazy girl in San Francisco. Yeah,
2: Sarah made up for some lost time. You guys, Shut up. You guys.
3: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to
2: even go any <laughs> deeper with. He's, he's
3: just, you
2: just, I, I don't know what I meant, he, but I know what I meant. So mean. this is our. Well, I think we all know what he means on the show, <laughs> and
3: will, That's not what I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah,
1: uh, good for you. Um, so I think we
3: all had good times. She
2: drank deeply of life.
1: I did. That's
2: we all did.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Too much.
1: So we already did pop culture for 2008, but let me. I want to get your hot takes okay. on a couple of um, things. What um, What month is your birthday in? November. November. The number one single in uh, November was Britney Spears' "Womanizer." Yay or nay? Mm.
3: Mm. I'm not even sure which one that is of hers, it's so nine, I'm going to say yeah. nay. But you know, Britney in general, yay,
0: yay. Okay, I mean, Toxic is a catchy ass song.
3: She yeah, she's got some catchy pop songs, and I would still totally. I would totally go to Vegas to this (laughs) day and see her. But I don't. I'm not familiar with Womanizer, so my brother,
1: my brother goes to Vegas, the Vegas show every year. What? Um, I want to go. Number one movie, The Dark Knight. Thoughts.
3: Oh. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Is that your
0: favorite one of the Nolan trilogy?
3: Dark Knight.
0: So we got Batman Begins. Heath Heath Ledger. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises.
3: I think Begins is my favorite one.
0: Interesting. I think Stephen Chambers said the same. You're both wrong. It changes on what kind of... It
2: depends on what kind of mood. (laughs) What I've said is, yes, Batman Begins has been my favorite at times, but it it fluctuates depending on how I feel. Uh, I think we saw that movie together. I saw it a few times in the theater. At I the Metreon too. Theater. Um, you and Sarah did? Yeah, I believe so. And I, I saw the third one with <clears> you guys. I know that much. With Mark, at least. Not me. Okay. No, I don't see movies with you. Um, <laughs> wow. And Sarah. Well, it's a matter uh, that, of principle. I, I'd be remiss I was
3: living if, in Tacoma at the time. If uh, I didn't oh, mention
2: okay. that Sierra, Sierra, S- Sarah has always been a no, huge Christian right Bale fan. Yes.
3: Yeah. Sure.
0: Big fan of uh, the what, uh, what was it? The Last Emperor? Was that the one? He was Newsies. In? So. Yeah, he was last <laughs> actually, yeah. No, liked, uh, the
4: last emperor. Oh, I did actually. No, not Newsies. I like Swing Kids. Last
3: Emperor. Is I good. was big fan of Swing Kids when I was, you know, teenager.
1: Um, okay, so I uh, this actually this one's for Steve also. This is this is very interesting. In 2008, Dr Pepper ran an ad campaign campaign saying they would give every American a free can of Dr Pepper, except for Slash and Buckethead, if they would finally release Chinese democracy. Yeah.
4: Steve, oh,
1: tee it up. That's all, that's all you gotta say. That's all you gotta say. You've been texting us nothing about the Chinese Listen, democracy for a month. When
2: you guys, when I release my episode of Axel like a hole, <laughs> oh or I can't uh, uh, remember. Uh, it might be called Axel to God. Um, I'll say everything I need to <laughs> say about Chinese democracy, which is a great record. You'll, you'll get it, you'll get it out of me then.
3: So they Have were hold- so Chinese? they were holding Guns N' Roses hostage. By threatening to not give them no, a they, free can of were, Dr. Pepper? Axel
1: was holding Guns N' Roses hostage. Oh, I and see. And Dr. Pepper really wanted them to release the album. So it was basically a promise if they released it, they'd get everyone... When was Pepsi, the al- for album Smash actually released? Uh, 2008. And
2: it was in 2008? It.
0: Yeah.
1: came out the same year. How yeah. about that?
3: Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not... I'm not, I don't like Dr. Pepper. and
1: sure. um,
0: yeah. Which
3: one is Chinese Democracy? I don't even know what's on that it's one. It's the worst one. It,
0: <laughs> it's right below Spaghetti Incident. It's an unsung masterpiece. That,
3: Does, is November Rain on it? No. Well, then
4: That's I don't your care. That's illusion. Yeah. And
2: it's a great album. If anyone just has the goddamn patience to sit down and listen to it, they'll be rewarded. It's,
3: it's, patience? Pardon the pun? Is that on it?
0: No, it's not. It, um, it's if Meat Loaf really got into industrial music. Which <laughs> is a great... Sound. It's
3: barely, it's barely. Steve's like, yeah, yeah. It's got, it's got a I couple you,
2: industrial... T- listen, if
3: you guys just wait
2: until I release the podcast, <laughs> you'll hear all about it. Okay,
1: there
4: you go. i not going to
2: spoil it now. All right, go.
1: Last one, and then we'll move on. Uh, this was a big year, one of the first... Uh, and actually, hold
2: on. The reason that we're talking about it is because Robin Fink from Guns N' Roses is all over that record.
1: Rob, Robin Fink from Guns N' Roses?
2: Robin Fink from Nine Nails is all over that Guns N' Roses record. He spent as much time in that band as he did Nine she Nails because of how long it took for the <laughs> album to come out. And Josh Freeze is on it, too. All right, moving on.
1: Uh, so this is one of the first years they started doing... But like, imagine if
2: Buckethead... <laughs>
1: I'm done. Imagine, imagine... Let me uh, just
0: say, I think I'm on that record. There's imagine, so many people on that record, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's
2: brains in it from Primus. Uh, imagine if Buckethead was on a Nine she Nails album. That would sound cool. Okay. Eric, I'm done.
1: Oh, excellent. Press play. Uh, the last thing I was going to say was one of the first years you... YouTube released, uh, like, pretty much as soon as it happened, clips from Coachella. Prince covered Creep by Radiohead. It was a big thing. It was a big to-do. And then Prince said, take it off. Take it off. I don't want it out there. And Radiohead said, it's our song. Unblock it. And so there was a little beef between Radiohead and Prince. I side with Prince. Prince seems like such a down-to-earth guy. I stand with Prince. <laughs> down
2: to earth. <laughs> uh, and Listen, if, if somebody told me you have to, uh, uh, there's all the, the Titanic is sinking, and Prince and Tom York are here, and the only boats left is one with uh, Prince and one with Tom York, I would know what boat I'm going in. Be with Prince.
1: you Just push Tom York out of his
0: boat and get in his. I'm sure Prince would be a lot more fun to talk to. He's but a better. I'm sure you
1: couldn't keep eye contact with him because he wouldn't like it.
0: Better voice.
2: <laughs> Far superior singer. A musician.
1: That wasn't really a question to you, Sarah. I'm sorry about that. I got no, that's ready. okay. Well, you answered a lot of really good questions. Thank for you. Me. I, I appreciate Thank you.
2: Patriarchy stomping all over everybody, talking about yeah, Prince again, yeah. as usual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, so...
2: So in that year, back to Sarah, actually.
1: Yeah. Sarah,
2: have you ever seen Nine Inch Nails live?
3: Yes, with you.
2: Exactly. I think it was the year 2008 or... Was it
3: 2008?
0: Was it the ghost tour? It was. Yeah.
3: That's what I was... Uh, yeah. Um, and if you recall, you kind of had to convince me to go. Because I said, you know, look, I, I like Nine Inch Nails, but I don't... I didn't keep up with all their albums. I think I stopped listening to them after a downward spiral. And you really convinced me to go. And I have to say, still... One of the best shows I've seen live. They are
2: for what you were able to see. Incredible
3: but. live. I saw most of it, and I know
2: uh, the reason that you might have missed some of it was because Batman's <laughs> nails puts on a hell of a hell of a show.
3: And Light show.
2: And at this show, apparently they uh, didn't take into account that for some reason, uh, there a friend of ours who's a very healthy young person that has it doesn't have any ailments or anything that. Basically, the light show like made her have like not a seizure but close to it, and she's like, I can't take this shit. And she just went and sat outside for the entire show. No, she passed out. Oh, she passed out. So she passed out. We were talking out. about Sarah for a few minutes here. So
3: she passed <laughs> out and she looks at me and her face just kind of goes pale. And she passes out in my arms and it is so loud in there. And I'm screaming to Steve. And I think he's just like, Yeah, right on. Like he thinks I'm just screaming and <laughs> yeah. having a great time. And somehow she she comes too, and I take her out, and we go see the the medics that were there. And, so the Arco Arena medics. Yeah, there was, Top there, of there, was line. there was there was yeah. first aid folks peep on hand, and um, so she didn't want to go back in, and but a color came back to her face, and she was like, "No, I just I'm going to sit this one out." But she's like, "But you go back in because it was a really great show," and so I felt kind of guilty leaving her, but the show was really good. So. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's an it adventure. was just, because. Them live, it's it's very physical. Like you feel it. Oh it's sure. Loud, and they had lights and flashing. Yeah, so it was crazy. But feast for the senses. The,
2: yes. A pretty cool. Mark you were at that show, right?
0: I was. It was a good show. that Eric, was
2: one of the We've talked about this like yeah. Seen. Pretty cool set list. I was looking at the the first four songs were the first four songs off the album, and then it went to March of the Pigs, and then it went into Head Down, the Frail and the Wretched, which I think that's just a, it's a good mix of music. Yeah. And um, also they played the big
0: come down towards the end of it. Yeah.
2: And they mixed in some
0: ghost songs. They did. I remember that whole uh, part. Me and Eric kind of talked a little bit about that in the last episode. Yeah. It was a good when show. When you were sleeping.
3: I was um, not sleeping.
0: Oh, oh. Wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear it. Were you just, rest- <laughs> were you just resting
2: your eyes? All right, Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was recording my other podcast. That's
1: right. He was. All right. Lying around the corner, ready to hear the Chinese Democracy podcast. Didn't spill. All right. Uh, yeah. So. Two thousand eight, they were, they actually dropped two albums. They, already, they dropped Ghost, which we talked about. Yep. So, what is there? What's the background on uh, on the slip? Because that was a surprise, a little bit, right? Uh, I mean, a little no, bit. No, well. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So,
0: what was going on here? Uh, so, it was released as a free download on May fifth,
2: two thousand go um, to Maya. That's, That's what right.
0: I, Cinco de Mayo. When I think
2: of Cinco de Mayo, I think, <laughs> I of, think of Trent of Reznor. It's exactly. <laughs> Trent Reznor with a sombrero drinking a bunch of margaritas.
0: So if you go to Nine Inch Nail, NIN.com, you were able to download the whole album for free. Uh, he basically uh, said two weeks prior that uh, be prepared, Go to in two weeks, go to NIN.com. And so then this album became official uh, where you could just download it for free. It was on us. Uh, It's similar to the Ghosts uh, structure, where it was uh, free to use in Creative Commons, meaning that if you wanted to put it in your podcast, uh, if you wanted to uh, remix it, um, they also put the multi-wave tracks uh, also available, so you could make your own remixes. And then a couple months later, it was released physically in July. The whole album was written and recorded in three weeks, um, normally uh Trent takes five years between releases, but all of a sudden just a huge output of material came out so we had ghosts and then we had um uh, and then we had this one that came out almost like two or three months after that
2: similar to ghosts uh a lot of other people were involved live on it like this is the most band ish
0: of Def- the National's albums definitely so we had um uh, Robin Fink, Josh Freese, Alessandro Cortini. Um, Alessandro Cortini did say that he didn't really perform much on the record, but uh, they are featured certainly in the live band and some of those live rehearsals that came on the physical release, which was a DVD on and disc that, two. And he's on the cover. He's 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 the he's the, uh... he's the hand on the cover. So it's it's uh, Alessandro's hand on Trent's shoulder.
4: Um, Trent's
2: wearing. Some kind of army fatigue jacket, which I'm sure sure ties into Eric's bullshit story he made up. <laughs> Absolutely. It does not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Nine Inch Nails Live at this point was Robin Fink, Josh Freese uh, on drums. Robin Fink was on guitar. Alessandro Cortini on uh, keys and guitar. And then a new bass player <clears throat> was Justin Metal Johnson, who also was in Beck's live band. And he also has performed on M83s. Uh, records, especially that last uh, I think a couple albums ago, uh, Midnight City. Uh, uh, I so don't wait. remember that's the name of the song. Uh, that's the name of like the big song, but I can't remember the name of the double album. anyways, is that is, is that the same
2: guy that way way back in the uh, like the Sex Laws video? He's the funky he, bass player.
0: Yeah, he looks like he could be an MC Five. Yeah, you yeah, know he's that. That's great white man Look, afro.
2: Funny, you should mention that for two reasons. One, that's not the first time that we're going to talk about MC Five tonight. Oh right. Uh, two. Uh, recently I've been pouring over, well, I'm always watching Nine Nails on YouTube because what else do I have to do with my life? And those videos from the Tension Tour have that bass player that was also in D'Angelo's band and Gary Newman that's really funky. I can't remember his name right now, but that's the bass player on that tour. And so I guess Trent just really was starting to go for these
0: funky bass players.
2: Cause yeah. that guy, That guy likes his funk. Honestly, the guy from the Beck band.
0: Yeah, Justin. Uh, I will have to say that when we saw that band live, I thought at that time this was the tightest formation of of this band. And when I say tight, I say musically tight, not like sick bro tight, you know. <laughs> yeah. Both. I do have to
2: say uh, Beck, man. I miss the days when Beck's albums were something to stop and sit down and listen Midnight to. Midnight Vultures is an all-timer. Yeah, that so is a is Stone Odele. Cold classic. And Midnight Vultures is better. I do. Oh, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just saying his his, his hit rate back then was
3: great. No, yeah, what was his last album that just came out? Which one, Bex? Yeah. Uh,
0: Colors. I think no. his last it one. Was
3: sounds
2: Colors. like good time. Some summertime music. It and sounds it's like boring. You
0: know, Allison breeze in the video.
2: He's been he's been boring for almost 15 years now.
0: I
1: didn't hate Modern Guilt. That was the last one I didn't. Uh, that was fine. It turned mm. my head a little bit. That had Danger Mouse. in the Yeah. Production. Chemtrails. He used yeah. to be
2: great though. He used to be something to.
1: His ass used to be beautiful.
0: Yeah.
2: You can't, you can't ever... But you can't unring the bell that is the magic of Midnight
1: Vultures.
0: <clears throat> Anyhow. Anyhow. So, Eric, that's yeah. a little bit of the background of this record, but I feel like you have a theory about this whole
1: thing. Is that true? Yeah, I do. All right, let's hear it. So I can I can list my theory with that, and I'll reference it as we get to the songs. But I feel... And I think I was originally said it was going to be a three-act structure, but Steve corrected me to two-act, and I'll, I'll accept it. I'll allow it. Um... I feel like the first two thirds of the album are uh, the whole thing leads up to "Demon Seed." It's the it's the final track, and the first yeah, typical, th- typically records lead to the final track. God damn it! I just <laughs> mean, thematically, thematically, the first two thirds of the album are the little, the little, the little dings in the armor that uh, that. The, the main character is going through the things that piss him off the things that depress him the things that make him feel alienated and uh, and then that's the first two thirds and then when you hit the instrumental the the one two punch of instrumental songs then he's you know being impregnated not really but but taken over by this demon and then it all comes out and whether it's losing his sobriety or causing violence or whatever happens it's basically you know it's, it's it, what builds up to not being able to control yourself anymore. And then the, the awfulness that happens in the aftermath. And in a weird way, it's kind of a prequel to not the actual events, which is what happens if somebody who is trying to keep it together for so long goes with the destruction fantasy and, and uh, lets go and throws his whole life away in the trash. So in a weird way it's kind of a prequel to that, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. that's my that's what I have to say. So songs one through six are the build up seven through nine are the gestating, and ten is the complete destruction of control. So uh, it that's what I gotta say. Cool.
2: <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> 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 um, most of the time I can I can ride with your your stories, your story time. In this case, I, I just think uh, so, sometimes a record is just a record. Okay. But uh, you know, it, it, it's a uh, well, it, it, I, it, the storylines are in the eyes of the beholders. I guess there are
1: recurring lyrics and themes. That's where. That's why I came up with the themes that pop up in various songs, like the word "the" and the word "and." Those are happening <laughs> a lot of <stuff. laughs>
0: What do you think,
3: Sarah?
1: Is he off his rocker? You've listened to this thing a couple
4: times. I've listened
3: to it three times, and um, it didn't go into it thinking of it as a whole, which is something that I've learned actually from listening to other podcasts too about how important song order is. And I don't know. I think sometimes I'm just a crappy fan, and I just listen to the songs, and I either like them or I don't, and I kind of don't, you know, put together a whole storyline for them or think about different orders um so i didn't go into it thinking about what a th- general theme would be. i wouldn't have
1: been able to if i didn't read the
3: lyrics yeah for every song and i did not read the lyrics and
1: i, and I only did the, the once or twice
2: well also you know you're not you're not a crappy fan not everybody needs to treat everything like homework like some people do <laughs> and it's just how we're wired so you know
3: so you know i listen i i listened to um Are you talking you two to me, Scott Ackerman's podcast. Nice, fantastic. And that's what
2: inspired this podcast, I think.
3: And yeah. I listened to, you know, are you talking re me, the REM yeah. one as well. Yeah. And he, Scott Ackerman talks about how sometimes he resequences orders of albums because he thinks they're not sequenced correctly. Sure, <laughs> so no. he does them in the way he thinks they should be. And then he's like, Oh, then I can totally listen to it. We, I'm like, wow, I would never even think to do something
0: like that. We kind of got into that a little bit with the, uh, with teeth episode. If you hadn't listened to that episode, like I, personally think that that album is re-sequenced wrong or sequenced wrong and Steve thinks it's like immaculate doesn't even touch. Yeah
2: I think it is kind of fun and and that's you know for the purposes of how album flows you can definitely say when uh, an album just like why didn't they put this song in front of the other one but you know at the the end of the day it's almost kind of like uh, if you if you're going into a thrift store and you buy a painting and then you paint over it kind of like an asshole it's it's the way it's supposed to be because mm. that's how they made it but uh album albums probably yeah song order sometimes you're like what that guy must have been drunk
0: sure yeah no i i mean I, so let's go ahead and get into this
1: record can't you, wait to what, show what, you guys you all the say? references on why i'm am right on this one <laughs> well, over, uh, one
0: thing
2: i want to say overall before we get into it uh is that uh i we kind of said how the year 0 sounded unfinished at times yeah. Rushed, yeah. Uh, this I, one, I didn't say that. Some of us thought it sounded
0: rushed. <laughs> two out of three, the majority rules, yeah. Uh,
2: this one, even though it was recorded in two three weeks,
0: and I know it was rushed, didn't sound as rushed to me, it just sounded immediate. And there's a difference if that makes any sense. It kind of does. I mean, it sounds more organic. It's, it does sound like instead of it being just uh really reliant on a laptop in a back of a tour bus, this actually does feel like there's more instruments involved like they all went into a big rehearsal space and just cranked out this record
2: and also uh in researching for it it said that it was going to be an ep at first and i can totally see that yeah i I feel like the first half fits that ep and the second
0: half's another ep well they probably could have made an ep and i'll tell you what song they probably could have taken out of here in order to make an ep but you know it's a work of art so i don't want trent to say i can suck his whole cock so i'll just leave it at that (laughs) Yeah,
1: all right. He said that recently. Okay. Oh sorry.
0: <laughs> to a fan, not to us.
1: But <laughs> I'm he sure said that it, checks uh, in the mail. If you yeah, like he said to us. Oh, yeah. boy. He hasn't said anything to us, which tells me he likes our show and is a big fan of us. So we're just waiting yeah. to get him yeah. booked. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I tell you, i every time I drive by that State Theater in Auburn, uh, they, that marquee's up there, and one, one day it's gonna say "Pod Like a whole Q and A with Trent Reznor." You wait.
1: All right.
0: we'll make it happen Just... alright so we'll take a quick break and then when we come back we're going to talk a little bit uh, about the album The Slip so uh, the first track off of the slip, which was Halo Twenty Seven, is uh, the Herman Cain slogan from 2012, nine 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 It's the nine 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 plan, or oh, Herman Cain nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine nine hundred and nine nine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't so, like I don't
2: like numbers once they get more than three digits.
0: It make them difficult to say. Yeah. Am I right?
2: You always feel dyslexic.
0: Yeah. Um. So if. Uh, you really want to get a little dirty here. That's six nines. Am I right? Huh? Nice. <laughs> <That's> right. Uh Nice. We're going to pod like a whole
2: after dark. Yeah. Damn. So uh, Sarah, is this, a, is this a song?
3: Well, as I was just referring to my notes, I wrote down number one, not a song. But so the first time I listened to the album, I actually didn't hear this song at all. And I was like, what? What is this? Is this like a trick song? Because I didn't hear it because I didn't turn it up loud enough. So then on my second play, I turned it up. Trick early.
0: songs like Trixie hobbitses but go ahead
3: <laughs> Trixie hobbitses yes second breakfast so i turned it up really loud and i was like wait what if this is another trick where i'm going to turn it up really loud and then it's going to blow out my speakers because i've read that um lcd sound system guy
4: james, james murphy, murphy, murphy or, james
3: murphy yeah does that on some songs that he want you can't hear it so you turn it up really loud oh, is
0: that what he did on the third record uh dance yourself clean yes so that good. song yeah. specifically
3: scares the bejesus so then out of me. um i had that thought and so i turned it back down but then I've, i eventually heard oh. the song but i didn't actually know about the lcd nine inch nails connection until i listened to your last
2: episode there you go hey. finally somebody get something out of the show <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, Gollum. Uh, Sarah and I one time watched the entire uncut Lord of the Rings trilogy. One day.
3: Back to back. Great. Extended version.
2: It, it, almost as good as the time Eric and I did Mushrooms and saw Return of the King.
1: But when we started that night by doing the first two movies in extended version, because those were the only ones available, got in there first. And
3: then you went and saw it in the theater. The next yeah. day. Oh, the next day. So, so not back to back,
1: back. So yes, not a song, but... Uh, Ninja Tales has a signature. I'm not, they don't do it on every album, but like half the albums, it starts with an instrumental that builds up into like a kicking first mm-hmm. song, which mm-hmm. is track two.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, you've got Pinion from uh, Broken.
2: Pinion. You know what's funny about Pinion? I was watching a uh, Exhibition 49ers game last week, and there's a guy in the Niners with the last name Pinion.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, but... It's, that, I think, is a better executed version of this. It's because it's got more drive to it and, you know, kind of gets you more pumped than, than this one, which is just kind of like repeating, like, reverberating noise. Um, you know, also Hyper Power off of, uh, off of uh, Year Zero. And don't forget Slate off the Purest Feeling demo, if you've heard that. Uh, classic, tried-and-true tradition of Nine Inch Nails, starting with an instrumental track. Uh, it's not their best example of that, um, but true, not a song. So, yeah, it's
2: got yeah. It, it's it's got, you know, like some alarms going off or something. Right. And some squelching. And it has a certain type of synth tone to it that reminds me of the low era of David Bowie, which happens a few times on this album.
0: Yeah. Uh I see what you're saying there. I mean, it's just like a transition song. It's not a song. It's more just a build up uh to the next track. I mean, we don't really need to belabor the point. Um Eric, did you mention anything about the individual artwork that is associated with each individual track?
1: I didn't, but I, that did help me, that did play a part in me coming up with the story in my head for this album. Because the artwork...
2: Thanks a lot, Trent.
1: ...tells like a hieroglyphic story. So as we see each, we we're watching, looking at this at the screen. You, you all at home need to look at on the NinWiki. But it, there is a there is a process of the art that, that kind of flows if you watch, if you watch it. So
2: this one looks like 69s.
1: Yeah, baby. Right on.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's 96. all 6. <laughs> uh,
2: all right, so that's enough about uh, this this track. All Good. right,
0: so let's go into the next. Let's hear a little bit of uh, uh
2: Letting You, I believe.
0: Uh, no, the nope, next track is will be 1 Million. million. Let's oh, hear yeah. a little bit of that. That was one million or, uh, yeah, one million. I, I'm going to pronounce it that way. I'm not going to say the, the numeric version of this. Um, why would you? Why would you? One, zero, 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 zero. You,
3: <laughs> you, you just doing? did it. You just did it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, let's start with you. What do you think? Well, let go around the horn. I am a
2: big fan of that song. Um, I'm an even bigger fan of the version we just uh, absorbed, which was the... Rock of Fire explosion video.
0: Rock of Fire Pizza? Something like that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, and, uh, th- this whole album has like an immediacy to it, like we were saying. And uh, uh, just get in there and get it done this to it that reminds me of maybe if Nine Snails got smashed together with the doors or actually more so like the MC5. And this definitely sounds like it could be uh, Nine Snails if they were from the Detroit automobile rock and roll. That
1: drum beat sounds like you got the jams.
2: And the, yeah, the bass line, yeah. too. The yeah. I mean, in the best way.
1: not in the, Yeah, yeah not that's in great. I, not, I, like, I, not like he's ripping off KMFDM again. I can, I can, <laughs>
2: they, they, a lot of these songs, you can picture them in a warehouse playing them together, which is what they did on some of those videos. Yeah. Yeah. And that one sounds like it. In a good way.
3: Yeah. Sarah, is this a song? Um, it, this is definitely a song. <laughs> and um, I think this song is great. I think out of all the songs on the album, this is the one I would most want to see them perform live. Interesting. Um, I didn't initially like it the first time I heard it, but then it's almost, I think, one of my favorite songs on this album. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it's... uh, So here's what I think. I think it's, at first, it's not really a song that grabs me. Um, At first, this whole album, I guess I'll save it for my overview, but yeah, this song was just kind of more... Uh, very stripped down, very lean and mean in terms of just having that rock immediate sound that Steve's referring to. Totally agree to uh, it being a throwback to more of like a punk type sound, an MC five type sound mixed with some studio trickery. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's a good song, but it's not necessarily my favorite of theirs, but it's not bad. I, I really do enjoy the choruses I was telling these guys that uh, when I went back to revisit this, I was still on my Mission Impossible kick. I was like, this song belongs in a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, they're
2: jumping you off every, off every roof. rooftop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: Eric, what do you got? Uh, yeah, this one, it's, it's, an und- it's undeniably a good song. It's, it's catchy. It, it get, I mean, I, I get, you know, pretty, I get drawn into the beat. And I get, you know, it's, 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 exci- it's an exciting song. Um, it is stripped down. It's missing the production that I love from Nine Inch Nails, but it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the song. I do, I th- mean, I do like it. I think the
2: majority of this album is missing that production. You yes, probably like it
1: is, which is yeah, which we'll get to. This, al-
2: this album is cold and productionless. If something could be right, such a thing, right?
1: But the the quality of the musicianship comes out. There's some great guitar work, work by uh, Robin Fink uh, on the song. Correct. He was playing on the album. Yeah, I believe I he plays so. the majority yeah. of the songs. Yeah. And uh, I think lyrically, I think it's fantastic. And um, and uh, he uses A Million Miles Away, which is his like oft-used line. He uses it in, in Hurt. He uses it in many songs.
2: What uh, a, no, I'm not trying to call you out because mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, what else does he say besides Hurt?
1: Um. He said it on... All the Love in the World. All the Love in the World with T.E.A. Yeah, I said it on that. and
2: Oh, All the Love in the World.
1: Great like, song. Great opening song. track. <laughs> great, great song. Um, which I think is kind of his way of saying kind of how alienated he feels you know, from people. I think that's generally what he means when he uses that one. Um, now, there's a crazy bit of lyrics uh, in the song, which I, I love digging into, of course. Put the gun in my mouth close your eyes, blow my fucking brains out, pretty patterns on the floor, that's enough for you, but I still need more. Huh. Which I think, I mean, it kind of sounds like he's kind of going to compare contrast uh, how, he, you know, basically what is entertaining his fans juxtaposed against how it makes him feel. Kind of, it's, they're loving all this dark this dark stuff, but it, it takes its toll on him.
2: You know what, That that's a good time to bring up they did break up after this album. This is the last Nine Inch album before the the breakup.
1: Yeah, That's true. Hiatus. Yeah, the hiatus, hiatus. yeah. yeah, but at hiatus. the time yeah, it wasn't
2: yeah. a hiatus. He said that they yeah, were done. Done,
0: right. Well, well, I don't know if i it was never really be bought more about just not touring anymore. I I don't know if like they're officially going to hang it up. I think it was just they did the Wave Goodbye tour uh, with Jane's Addiction, the Ninja tour. And um, I just don't know if like they were actually going to officially say, well, we're done in, in terms of that. But You know, this the- is,
2: we didn't really plan to talk about this. What we should do is make sure that we uh, we look into it and talk about it in the next episode. But I, I want to say that the press tour kind of said, like, this is it for Nine Inch Nails for now, I think. Period. But we'll see. Right. I can tell you this much, dear listeners. Your next three or four episodes aren't even going to be about Nine Inch Nails, so lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're sound. gonna get
0: into the, the filmography of Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah. And
2: and, and uh, the things you do when you love a woman. Um anyhow, uh one one part of this song I really always enjoyed is the uh the million miles away, way, 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 and the echo effect they use on the word way sometimes. Yeah. Uh yeah. I always like it when word. Yeah. it it makes it sound like it goes away and it comes back and hits you in the back of the head. Yeah. And just the uh the doo 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 doot, doo 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 doo. It uh, gets stuck in your head.
0: And the artwork on this one is a looks like one and six zeros. Uh, people have interpreted it as a guy jumping off a building. Looks like uh, a grenade to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Sarah, what do you see? What do you see? What's your Rorschach on this one?
3: <laughs> um, I, I saw the million number. But once you point out the man jumping off the building, that definitely is what it looks like.
0: Yeah. And it would go into that whole jumping off every rooftop. Um, But, you know, I even put in my notes, I really like the lyrical delivery of that uh, pretty patterns on the floor. Yeah. Um, I think uh, how he delivers that line is pretty, pretty solid. Pretty choice. Choice. Choice, baby. They
2: uh, they still play this one on the more recent tours.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good one. I, I do like this song, uh, but it was a grower, not a shower.
2: I think that sums up this whole album. I think uh, we say that about a lot of their stuff. I think we end up liking it more when we dig into it, but this one in particular, I don't know if it was the time of my life or just because it was free. I dismissed it for years. Yeah. this album even on the it earlier was free,
0: you devalued it yeah even I, I even on the, to that
2: even on the earlier podcasts i I think I made a slip joke, and then I really dug into it, and wouldn't we sum it up later? We'll talk
0: about our opinions, but I like it. Absolutely. So let's hear a little bit of the next track, which is Letting You.
2: So that was letting you and i think this song is about a decade ahead of its time in the commentary which if you look into the lyrics it talks about just letting people get away with stuff which i feel like is what we read about every day in the news at least twice um eric eric you just stepped out and you stepped back in yeah i was just saying how this song just talks about letting people get away with things yeah and i
0: think it was about a decade ahead of its time in what it was trying to say
1: yeah with, uh, yeah yeah
0: your army's filled with hate. Believing your charade begin to suffocate. For us, it's far too late. Uh, for me, that's pretty much the Red Hats right now. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and... If only we would have
2: listened to Trent, the
0: Red Hats would have made it. I hear ya.
2: Why didn't he run for president? He's more qualified.
0: Sure. <laughs> He's, he tells it like it is. That's right.
2: Uh, but musically, this 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 I don't mind this song. I... It actually makes me like the next song, uh, Spoilers, I'd love. It makes me like that song more because by the time this song's over, I'm like, oh, God, all right, enough. So uh, it's just really, it's a lot to take in. And that's what they were going for. I understand that. So it's very herky jerky. It's a lot.
0: Eric, what's your
1: take on this one? I fucking love this song. I, I saw that coming a mile away. This song is yeah. noisy, it's, it's fast, it's got like hints of, uh, oh, um,. The uh, you know what you are, don't you know what you are?
2: Well, or I think it also. I think you're the biggest. I, 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 we all really like Bad Witch, but I think it really speaks to you a lot. Yeah, I feel like you could you could toss this song in the future and it could land on totally Bad Witch. Could,
1: totally could. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's it's just the right amount of noise uh, and energy, um, in, and it's got some of the best um, synth, synth work in it, which you know, yeah, we all know I'm a born again rivet head now, so. You know, I look for those industrial elements wherever I can find it. Um, the picture on this one looks like a maybe a political fist, but there's there's blood coming out. That's what I saw. Yeah,
4: let's, that's, let's that's take what a look. I, That's what
1: I saw on it. But, um, I don't know.
0: It's the Art is Resistance logo turned upside down vertically. Oh, that's right.
1: From year zero. From year zero. Yeah.
0: Um, it also has... I mean, the red line definitely indicates blood. Um... It's blood. Blood. I hope it's not Chris's blood.
2: (laughs) It's a Resident Evil reference, and I'd like to take this time to uh, point out a great development that's happened: is that Eric has finally accepted the game Bioshock into his heart since we last recorded, and that makes Mark and I very happy. Yeah.
4: Some
0: people also see the L and the Y um, for letting you. Letting you. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Um, but I. uh, Sarah, give me give me your your two cents on this one.
3: Um, I wrote down I would like to get away from this song. Yes,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> there you a go. bit much, isn't it?
3: And I I listened to it again on the way over just to make sure. And yeah, I I skipped it. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> now Sorry. What,
0: what, what about this song? It just doesn't speak to you. <sighs>
3: um, it just didn't. Resonate with me
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh man um, keep those coming <laughs>
3: <laughs> um i think it was a little too discordant for me i hear you it
1: uh that's
2: the best way to describe it actually
3: yeah there's not a
0: lot of melody um it is brutal it is i think even in the more brutal songs of nine inch nails like if you know what you are i still think that there's some melody this one is just uh a little too much it's not bad but
1: it's not my favorite off the record it, it exhausts me if it's, that a, makes it's any it's, sense yes it's very atonal if they play this live in december i'm punching you guys for fun
3: but <laughs> i like what you were saying about the lyrics steve and I, I get what you're saying with that definitely but just like my visceral response to it was just no yeah, if you, yeah. A,
1: if you have a song where you're singing to the future of these red hat apologist assholes yeah uh, and you and you can somehow find melody. You're a better, you're a better man than I because I would just be screaming at a wall like this song sounds like. Yeah. This is okay.
2: <laughs> around yeah, around 2005, he stopped uh, writing, writing about heartache as much and more about uh, the ache of the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, this song I feel really could fit perfectly on Year Zero, um, but it would probably be a little more laptop-y than guitar driven. I think. If it was on there.
1: And the uh, live from rehearsals video of this is really cool. So maybe it, maybe that's a big reason why I like it is seeing the sounds that go into it, seeing them make the sounds that go into it, I think makes it more exciting.
0: Yeah, Josh Freese is drumming his ass off in that yeah. rehearsal video. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's uh, There's a lot going on. It's just, you know, m- melodically it doesn't do much for me. It's basically just one of those things to hit the pit with, you know? It's just a bunch of... <laughs> Rivet heads and metal heads just fucking shit up. That's right. That's
2: right. I do like, towards the end of it, they double down on the drum beats, and they kind of they, they, they like stack the drumming on top of each
0: other. Yeah. And it, I know what you're talking it
2: about. It climaxes really well, and it goes really well into the drum beat that leads off the next song.
0: Would you say it has rising action? <laughs> yes, it has
2: some rising action that goes right into the rising action of Discipline.
0: Oh, that's my favorite like description. Of whenever you talk yeah, about I don't, music, yeah, I don't know if we've ever talked it's about the rising or, action. The
2: origin of rising action
4: <laughs> is it
2: all comes back to watching MTV together in high school, and there was a cake video, I believe. Was it cake? Uh
0: huh. And what was the video? Mm-hmm. The distance the was it? One. The
2: distance? I
1: don't
2: know. No, I don't think it was. No, I think we'll it was off what the... what
1: was They had a cover. They had a cover song. Right? I
2: all I survivor, know is. At the end of the song or the beginning of the song, oh, right. somebody in the video, it was a, a European fellow, says, I like it. I like it. It has some rising action. And I've used that to describe. We've used that as a, a joke whenever we like songs to describe them quite a
3: bit. Rising action. Whenever
2: something builds, it has that rising is, action. That
3: is a deep cut.
0: Uh, that's so good. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to move on. Uh, is that okay, Steve? Yes. Okay so the next track let's <laughs> thank you for ahead. asking <laughs> the next track is Discipline let's hear a little bit of Discipline
2: Trent Reznor with the hit of the summer, Discipline. (laughs) Mark Brandstad, tell me what you think about it.
0: Um, This is a song that you can uh, walk down the street with holding a paint can, uh, wearing a nice leisure suit. You can swagger along, shake your little tush to it. Um, You can take off your black shirt and wave it over your head with it. It's very dance-oriented, very catchy. Uh, it's, it's got, uh, you can move with it as Buck Swope from Boogie Nights would say. What do you, you think, feel that Steven? bass?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I always like a good Buck Swope ref- reference. Um, no, I love this song. I, I, I think when I first heard it, I was like, huh, really? little, uh, little on the nose as far as radio hits go. But it's, as we've talked about, they got really good at being nine snails and still making songs you can put in the radio. And this is one of them. And they've always had a great ear for melody um, i I think the hi hats are to die for. I think the uh, the keyboards on it are wonderful, especially towards the end when they bring them to the front um, i love i you know you, uh, I think we've established that I love any good Trent cooings or scattings, and there's some good uh. Ooh, 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 in this song.
3: I love his um, down, down, mm-hmm. down.
2: Yeah. It's good. Uh, Sarah, how do you feel?
3: Um, I love this song.
2: I figured as much. I thought you would.
3: Um, I, it's, I think it's my favorite one on the album. Um, I, I think it's totally dancey mm-hmm. and um, I like the, the keyboard part as well. I wrote that down. Um, it's just... Um, yeah, no, it's my favorite one on here.
0: Yeah. I mean... Uh, it's super catchy. It's, it was their only radio single, I think, off of this record.
3: Oh, is it? I actually was asking if there was a hit off this album. Is this one? It was a
2: hit, but it got put on it, it was on the radio. It was on the radio.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um so the artwork on this one, people have said that it resembles a person sitting with their knees drawn up to their chest. Um I can see that. Mm,
3: looks like a grenade again. I see Tetris pieces.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another one is a little callback to Year Zero as well, that it looked like the Artist Resistance logo uh, that contains the star. Um, But yeah, I guess if you were to try to have more of a narrative sense, the whole person sitting with their knees to their chest, uh, with that sadomasochistic sort of uh, themes and overtones in the lyrics, then I guess, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, his, his, you know... He's once again. This is a this is an album about somebody who's who's getting ready to break all these things. the terrible politics in the world, uh, the all the anger and everything that's building up inside of him until he can't take it. And he's got he needs somebody who can keep him in line, and uh, and keep him disciplined. Uh, and this song was played in the hit show Fringe, which is the second time that's come up in this podcast. Uh, and it's a great show.
3: That is a great show.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Excellent. Yeah. Was it during a club chase scene, kind of like I, in Bad Boys? I am actually rewatching it right now, so when I watch that episode, I will report back.
3: I need to rewatch it. Season one, yeah, it holds up. So well. Yeah,
1: Eric speaks say. very highly of it. It's a good show. I've it's watched the whole good. series as well. Um,
2: a couple other things about this song. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, the lyrically, it could be about uh, the sequel to Sin, or it could be more about just uh, you know, hard on your sleeve, a guy that struggles with addiction. And around this time, I think he met his wife. Maybe he's just talking about... Uh, That's
1: what I was thinking.
3: Yeah, I need yeah. some.
2: you know, I need, need you to back me up, honey. You know, which is good. Um, a couple of notes I made to myself uh, late night. Um, it also has like a, am I even cool anymore kind of vibe to it and, and throughout, which also Echoplex does as well. Um, and uh, I think if you made like a dance party mixtape, you could put this in between hand that feeds and come back haunted or something.
1: And it would work really, yep. really good. Nobody yeah. asked my opinion, but I, I also think this is a this is a great song. <laughs> I wasn't done yet, Eric. What did you think? Uh, <laughs> no, Eric, go ahead. I didn't realize
0: you were still here. I thought you were
1: in the bathroom. This is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's some cogent, cogent no, it's, analysis. It's, it's
1: uh, yeah, no, it's 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 Nine Snails uh, as a dance band, top notch, capital, absolutely capital. It's a great song.
2: Towards the end, when it builds with those pianos we were talking about, it reminds me of the ultimate in reminding you that uh, Trent's a Gary Newman fan. I think this could be. It, 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 if you were to strip it down a little bit, it could be a Gary Newman song.
0: Yeah, I could actually hear Gary Newman singing it in my head. Yeah, Am
2: I still toughen. Yeah,
0: exactly. Why? <laughs> I know. Uh, I speaking, love, speaking of Gary Newman. Speaking of.
2: Uh, have you guys watched? I posted it on the Facebook page. Oh,
4: him
0: and
1: Amoeba? Shopping. Yeah. yeah.
2: That, that series is actually pretty cool. Uh, There's another uh, a young artist, young female on there. Um, oh, man, I can't remember what her name was. And she was going on and on about Downward Spiral. And that was right around the one where Gary Newman went on and on about the... Uh, was it Pretty Hate Machine?
0: Maybe I have them backwards. No, she Spiral. really liked Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. He really liked Downward Spiral. Gary but, Newman is transforming into Liza Minnelli, though.
2: Yeah, you know, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, what, that Amoeba What's in My Bag series is pretty fun. It's uh, just they follow an artist to Amoeba and they say, like, five records they like and they talk about them. Hmm. Worth looking into.
0: Worth looking into. All right. So, should we go into the next let's one? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, the next track, let's hear a little bit of Echo Plex. Back to back hits.
1: This is a song that kind of surprises me. Actually, I think this might have been the first song I heard on this album. And I had gone over to Mark's new house when he had moved uh, to Midtown and he showed it to me and that was the first time I heard it. So anyways, that was the first thing i heard off the album. Um, it starts almost too typical in the way like it doesn't grab me right off the bat. Um, and at first I think the little, the, slide, the little Slide Freddy guitar thing going on is almost too kind of a typical Nine Inch Nail sound, but it builds on that and builds on it and builds on it to something really cool as the song goes on. Um, and uh, I think for as simple as the music is on this song, I uh, I liked it way more than I thought I did. The lyrics, I think it's this song why I even thought there was a, a narrative of this at all, just because there's a lot of callbacks from this to Demon and Back Again. Maybe these, these are the only two songs that are actually related. But kind of like he keeps himself isolated, and that's the only way he can keep this, this demon of, you know, falling back into addiction or whatever away, and, you know, slowly he can hear it breathe, it's coming back, and it's these other things on the album that are making it come back. Anyways, that's, that, I think this is the song where I, I got that idea in my head in the first place, uh, because I love fan fiction, apparently. Um, <laughs> anyways, solid song, you know, that's what I gotta say.
2: Sarah.
3: Um, yeah, I think it's a solid song too. I, I I like it. I didn't have too much commentary on on it other than I thought I kept waiting for something nine inch nails to happen and I think by that I mean something maybe really loud or maybe slightly more discordant. I know I complained about discordant yeah. stuff earlier, but I think I was gonna be going, a little noise. Oh yeah, I was easier. waiting for maybe something to build. Yeah, which and, is why I was
1: surprised that I that I like this song. Yeah.
3: But yeah. I, I do like it.
2: It is it is kind of withholding. Um there's a little bit of a guitar groove towards the end. It's about the only time where it really breaks from what it's doing. Um I really like the pace of it and I like the, the, the pit-pat drums. I like the name Echoplex. Mm-hmm. It's a good name for a yeah, song. I agree.
0: Isn't uh so Echoplex is the name of a reverb unit that uh, it's a musical uh uh gear of some sort. But isn't it also a place in LA? Isn't there like a like a venue or something? I think it's something. either a
2: venue or a studio, you're right.
0: Yeah, something like that. I, I don't might... know if that has anything to do with it. It probably doesn't. Speaking
2: but... in more Niche News, a good friend of mine from Philadelphia is moving to L.A. And uh, he will be working, he'll be managing some nights at the, I think, is it the Palladium? That the place is called? I think so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, might, I might make it to one of those Niche Nail shows down there in December. We'll see. Wow. Good, mm-hmm. good for me.
0: You can yeah, go for your you birthday. you can report back. You can report back. Um, so this is kind of the opposite of uh, Letting You for me. Uh, letting You was, you know, extremely abrasive. It's, it's a lot to take. This one, I like what Sarah's saying, I, I keep waiting it for it to, to propel into something else. It seems pretty steady and monotone throughout the whole thing. Uh, and I do agree with what Steve is saying. It's got some cool little guitar stuff towards the end. But it doesn't really go anywhere. I remember when they played this live, um Josh freese would uh get from behind his drum kit and the screen uh behind him it turned into like a touchpad. And so he was manipulating the touch screen on screen, so that little pit-pat drums um that were happening, he was manipulating um on this giant screen. I think it was very blue man group of him to do it, <laughs> um, but uh that was the only interesting part about this song. It's one of those things that just doesn't really go anywhere. So I just am okay on this one.
2: I I feel like it still goes somewhere. I just feel like it has a lot of room to breathe. It's um, it's, it's
1: understated. I yeah. think what pulls me in is his vocal delivery immediately becomes an earworm for me. And um, during the
2: second verse where he, he goes la 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 I like I like that. Oh yeah. I like your laws and I like your ooze. And um no, I like it. I I do agree that it doesn't have a lot going on, but that doesn't make it uh, detract from it for me it, it seems like it's a future vision of some of the ideas that get more fleshed out in hesitation marks
1: i do think it's it's top notch lyrics for trent though i think it's really the lyrics are really good they're they're subtle and personal and and uh, relatable to a certain degree and seems to be tying into a bigger bigger idea and the
0: the artwork for this one is uh can be interpreted as someone being surrounded by
1: walls um that's what I right. that's see the, the isolation theme
3: of the song yeah right yeah I immediately thought of a cubicle situation so mm-hmm. I can see that
0: mhm alright so we go to the next one uh, so the next track is uh, track six uh, let's hear a little bit of Head Down mm.
2: You should start with Sarah
4: yeah
3: I love the chorus on this song and I kind of wish it had that whole sound throughout the whole thing mm. um so I I do like this song when I first heard it I did not but this one definitely was one that changed for me and I I do like it, I, I just love the whole sound of the chorus and I wish it had that kind of more atmospheric um sense throughout the, the rest it, of it it certainly
2: is of two minds <laughs>
3: Eric, mm-hmm. Crossfire.
1: <laughs> this actually has my favorite drums on the album. I love the, the noise. I love that it's offbeat. Uh, and the, the way the guitar works is almost more of like a complimentary sound to him. It's, it's drum forward. Uh, the verses are not terribly memorable, but he's got some really cool swagger and delivery to him. Even though the the lyrics are kind of whatever, um, but yeah, that that chorus is just is is an earworm, and that and that gets in and never leaves. This is a top notch song on this album that's, and in, in Nine Inch Nails' repertoire.
0: That's funny. I love the lyrics, Marcus. Um, so at first I didn't really when I first l- listened to the song. I was kind of a forgettable song, but those choruses, man. Um, and then when you dig into the verse, chorus, verse, um, so it's obviously from two different perspectives. This whole song is like two songs and mashed into one. It's like you read my notes? Oh my god, <laughs> it's ridiculous! It's so good. And the chorus, like uh, I, I love it's okay. So basically, the verses are you know pretty discordant, uh, pretty dissonant in that sense. But as soon as you get to the chorus, it's like a sweet relief, and then it gets you back into those kind of abusive. Because it is from two different perspectives. Um, The the domineering person in the verse and the chorus person is like, hey man, would you stop this? I just want to be left alone. Just stop abusing me. Um, And so, I don't know, Like after going through this record a couple different times uh, in preparation, um, this is definitely one of the more standout tracks for me. um, Just because of that dynamic uh, interplay between what's going on in two different perspectives, musically and lyrically.
1: It's got the noise I like from Letting You, but it's got the melody that's missing from that song. It's great. It's great song.
2: Yes, the, uh, like I said earlier, the first time I listened to this album, the first many times I didn't really pay attention to it. This song, though, I've always uh, it's always been the standout to me. From the very first time I heard this album, I was like, oh, that's a good song. As a matter of fact, I would say it goes in the, uh, the the ninthinion I don't know how we're supposed to say that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's in there. It's, I see what you're it it doing. might be, I it, see it might now. be top 10 for me. Um, I love the, I can just list the things I love. Uh, the Josh freeze drums are amazing. Um, they're really clanging and banging and clunky. Uh, a lot of good use of cymbals and hi-hats. Um, the, Hey, use, I like it in a song whenever somebody yells at somebody. <laughs> Like,
4: you
2: know, I love that. I love that. Um, it's probably like I love, I, I love the wall so much. <laughs> sure. Um, and then also, like Mark said, but then the chorus is like a reaction to that, which is great. And also, as Sarah's mentioned, the chorus is very atmospheric and lush. Uh, it, the chorus has some synths in it, which again remind me of the low era of David Bowie, which I find in this album in a few spots. That I really that appreciate. Courtney,
1: man, he loves that ambient yeah. that ambient Eno style keyboard playing.
2: Yeah. And uh, it's just it, it's really it's it's a it's a it's a, it, it's a song with jagged edges and also lush fields. It's amazing how they mix the two of them.
3: Well, and as someone who usually doesn't pay attention usually to song order, I actually felt this song was really critical in the order of the album cuz it really plays into the next song especially cuz it kind of slows down at the end. Mm-hmm. And there. I did take notice of that thought that you know it's a good placement because it leads into the rest of the album i think From yeah me. i think you know, it's sequenced very verifying. well i
2: think yeah because it builds up and it kind of fades out i actually uh, it sounded like everybody wasn't too hot in the last track i actually think like i said i like echoplex enough i think that discipline echoplex and this are a trilogy that's almost as good as the end of with teeth or the the ruiner part of downward spiral which I know is kind of like saying I just took it out of AAA and moved it into the majors, but uh, I think these three songs go really well together, Climac- climaxing with this mm-hmm. one. Interesting. Um, I also like... Uh, there's a little part that reminds me of Skinny Puppy in this track where he says, uh, get, and it goes,
1: get, 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 yeah. get, get. Yeah, totally. It's a, Absolutely. It's a little that's, little, little old-school really industrial yeah.
2: skinny puppying, and uh, uh, there's, a, there's another... <laughs> A, a, a Trent a, a, a good uh, layering of Trents happens when there's a part where he shouts hey you but they just stick another Trent on top of him where it's two Trents going hey you! It's uh, Everything about it I like. It's yeah. just trying to make but
1: those verses even more impressive.
2: All of that's good and then the end of the song has a atmospheric push to where they take the synths and they move them to the front of the song uh, as it leads out. Yeah. And it everything fades to the back, but the synths go to the front and it's a perfect way to end it going into the next track.
3: It's probably why it's I like song. the end because I love yeah. my synths. Yeah. I think there's tambourines in it too.
1: There better be. Probably.
3: Somewhere.
0: Yeah. Um, the last little thing, so the artwork here can be interpreted different ways. Obviously a guy with his head bowed down, uh, he's looking to the left. Another one is uh, glass being poured, water falling out of it which doesn't really make so much sense in terms of lyrically what's going on. And then the last one is someone sticking a gun in their mouth and pulling the damn trigger. I think
3: it's a person vomiting.
0: Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. Sarah, what do you see?
3: I swear before you said it, I'm like, it's water being poured out of a glass. Yeah. Yeah. So. Eric? Nothing to do with the song. That's what I thought.
1: I don't know. I, I, I don't have an opinion on this particular thing, but I bet if you put the last four songs up when the red started to show up the blood there you could follow the line of it i bet from one picture to the next you could kind of like i don't know i bet if you like lay them all out that's my opinion but all right so let's, i uh yeah go ahead
2: i've never heard the song live
0: I, I don't believe don't think i have either that's a bummer if it wasn't played at sacramento
2: yeah if it, if no. it, if it wasn't at the aftershock festival
0: yeah um it's a good but, one.
2: But speaking of which, the live rehearsal video of it that you can find online is great. It's a great yeah. performance. Trent really gets going on those sense at the end.
0: Oh, yeah. So let's hear a little bit of our next track, uh, which slows it down a little bit. This is Lights in the Sky. She's mostly. that was Trent Reznor's version of Radiohead's The Pyramid Song. Uh, he uh, retitled it to Lights in the Sky. When I told that joke earlier, Steve shot me daggers, um, <laughs> but I still hold strong. He was like, the only reason that's it's because whininess and piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. better.
2: Pretty much, uh, you just say the entire discography of Nine Snails might as well be compared to Nick Drake or something. I don't know. <laughs> um
0: it's it, it's a good song though I do like this 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 track it sounds uh very similar to what the material off of still uh, vocally yeah. you know it's not the most polished vocals it's not really slick with studio production sounds like he recorded it right in my house as we record this podcast um but I do really like this song um this one always did stand out to me I like my sad bastard music.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a sweet, it's a sweet little song, and uh, yeah, it's a little, you uh, know, it's kind of a wistful, wistful love song. It's, it's, it's good. Is it a love song? I don't know. Is it not?
2: Oh shit! <laughs> what is, a, what is love?
1: Uh, it's, uh, let's see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it sort of is. I mean, I'm staying right beside you normally, uh, but then he says, "Watching you drown, I'll follow you down." I'm here right beside you. I guess i mean i mean
1: he does he he kind of has similar themes in in like year zero like well if we're gonna die i'll, I'll you know maybe I'll, we'll, be to, we'll be we'll together. do it together yeah. and it's similar to like uh you know what he's singing in in the in the fragile too about you know things aren't good things aren't perfect but you know we'll be that one good thing that we have we can at least control that i don't know it's good it's a good, good little track I mean, it's no right where it belongs,
0: but it's right. uh, supposed to... It's like your RC Cola of the right where you belong.
2: <laughs> that's why it's in the middle instead so of the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sarah?
3: Um, I liked the song. I, I don't think I loved it. I, I did like that I could hear Trent's vocals really well, and you can just really hear Trent. Um, but with this song, too, I was waiting for it to build. I think I wanted it to build kind of like how Hurt builds.
2: No rising action.
3: Yeah, there's and no, there was no rising. There, action. There's the biggest difference
2: between it and Pyramid Song is the Pyramid Song, about two thirds of the way through, drums kick in and some other stuff. Sure. This doesn't have that happen. Yeah.
3: So this song just made me want to listen to Hurt, which I did right after I listened to this song. Well,
0: good. Yeah. It was a fluffer for
3: Hurt. <laughs> not sure if it's mission
2: accomplished, but it's not like you know.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, I I like this song quite a bit. Um, I think that. This album, like I said before, it sounds to me like the first six tracks are an EP that end with the last song, mm-hmm. and then this, these next four are kind of this weird, weird little, uh, just a weird little mix of songs.
1: Actually, I actually think Demon's was always supposed to be the ending. But anyways,
2: go on. Oh, well, you're you're probably right because it's the last song of the album, and all <laughs> songs lead to the end. Um, but I, I I do like the song. Not much happens on it. Uh, one thing that it does really well though is that the lyrics. Whenever I listen to this song, I picture the end of, uh, or almost the end of Blade Runner 2049, if we've all seen that. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Sarah, did you see that?
3: I, I did, but I walked out of it. Ooh. I know. Hot takes. I know. Huh. This but I will tell in. you why. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I will tell you why.
2: Your husband allowed this? Because it seems like it's right up his oh, alley. he
3: loved it. He yeah. thought it was the best movie he's ever seen. I'm suffering from dystopia fatigue. And it was too real. It was oh. too right now. I couldn't handle it. It was. Co- it's not because yeah. I didn't think it was good, I've never or heard because they didn't. Utopia okay. fatigue. Yeah. It's, it's not because real, I didn't think uh. it was well acted. I thought it, all that was great. It was no. too. It was too much. I've been watching it? a lot of
1: The West Wing lately. Going yeah. back just because you know, watching a, a utopia. That's really. <laughs> that, well, I was
2: about here to give give you hell, but that makes no. It's perfectly fine with me. Uh, my wife doesn't like to watch a lot of shit that she used to like because just, she's not in the mindset for some dark shit
3: Yeah.
2: or in this case, yeah, you're like, Oh, it's the real world. Yeah.
3: It was too tired of this. It was, yes. You know,
2: (laughs) uh, that's why I watch a lot of like a lot of my viewing now is just, uh, it from in between having, when you have kids, you don't have as much time to get invested in shit. So watching Frasier over and over again is what I tend to do. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, also that's, that's all right. That's fine. I loved it. And there's a scene in there where they like crash a spacecraft into the into the the water and it's splashing on them. Mm-hmm. That part mm-hmm. makes me think of this this song
0: hmm. yeah uh, it's sparse, not much needs to be said. It's just Trent crooning away on his old the old black and whites. <laughs> That's what they call pianos, right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> tickling the ivories. <laughs> All right, so uh, they uh
2: by the way. They used to play this one in the like towards towards the end of sets.
1: In the lights in the sky tour.
2: Yes, I'm sure it was in there. Um, the wave goodbye tour as well. Um, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the closer. It didn't like replace any of your hurts or whatever.
0: But it was yeah. in there. Um, so the artwork on this one looks to me like a whirlpool. Uh, Yeah,
2: it looks like a bad tattoo that somebody would have. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: some like bro is just like check it out, bro. It It is. It's got some new ink.
3: It's a bro tattoo. Yeah, absolutely. But it's.
1: But I will say it's soft and warm compared to the square art of everything else. As the song is soft and warm, and kind of like maybe the last kind of repose this, this character is trying to have, trying to think of something positive in his life before you the, know, the demon comes out.
2: For all the hell I give Eric about making up stories to go along with his songs, he does put a lot of thought in this stuff. it yeah, makes, makes perfect
0: sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's <laughs> hear uh, our next track,
1: which is Corona Radiata. See you in seven minutes and 33 seconds. <laughs>
2: This song builds well. It has good, weird, claustrophobic rising action. Um, I don't have a lot to say. Actually, I think that this song really like creeps and builds well. It, it really it slowly builds, and before you know it, it's droning all over you. And some of those droning, overpowering sounds from the end remind me of some of the stuff in the background of the downward spiral, if anybody can see that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's good for an instrumental like bridge track. It's fine.
1: Yeah, and it's... Um, this, is,
2: this is him saying I'm going to make movies soon.
1: Exactly. This is, yeah, this is him uh, uh, working on that, that scoring. Um, and I like, it. I like when the drums get noisy towards the end, the synths, the synths pick up, like you were saying. It's a little creepy. Um, just to go back to my fan fiction here, if you look at the artwork, it's still round and soft, but the blood has returned. As in, he went to his, his, his happy place and it didn't work. And the negative is coming back, and then it'll bring us to the end when the demon arises.
0: Looks so, like a butt crack. <laughs> what
1: would you think of this one,
0: Sarah Fodge?
3: Um, well, Steve was saying, you know, it sounds like a soundtrack is coming. And to me, it reminded me of um, the soundtrack of The Return that Mogwai does. That's mm. what I thought of when I was listening to it. Um, oh, totally, I Just like that. it's eerie and, and atmospheric. I love the title. I don't know what that means, but I like it.
0: That is a good, good word. It's a flavor of Mexican beer. It's their worst seller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I actually corona. looked it up. The poor local
3: Corona is better. <laughs> if, you look, if you look,
2: I actually looked it up, and it actually kind of compares to what the photo is. A Corona radiata is several protective layers surrounding ova or unfertilized egg cells. Mm. <clears throat> yes. Oh, you look it up
1: too. No, or you no, knew that. No, no, no. I'm saying this. Pre- this is the this is this, the demon. Just I was gonna just say yeah. The, you're, you're, ah, you're, supporting, the you're
3: supporting you're supporting Eric's theory. That's oh, not uh, I want to do. Also,
0: <laughs> the literal translation is radiant crown, um, and it's also the bundle of white matter in the brain that is a pathway for information traveling to and from the cerebral cortex, where the brain processes one's conscious mind. Huh. Um, the song's too long. it's seven it's seven minutes uh this is where I could say like this is what could potentially have not been on this record I understand that it's a more of a transition song between if uh we're going on a narrative sense um but this could have been on ghosts this could have been on one of the future score work um it's not no it sounds like a ghost left over it does
1: and 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 just to your point um if there's any if there's any fact to my theory that there's at least a story he's trying to tell, even if mine's wrong, and this instrumental plays a part in that as a transition, I mean, he did that with great effect with a warm place on Downward Spiral to fit into his narrative, and he did that in two and a half minutes. Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah, it is. it, it does drag a little bit, but uh, I, I think the last two minutes of the song are super engaging for me, but yeah.
2: It definitely, the last two minutes should have just been the song. Could have been. I think you could just build that... Yeah. First part up a lot uh, quicker.
1: It's slow build up.
0: Um, so, this is not my favorite. It was kind of a chore to get through all seven and a half minutes because the rest of the record is so immediate and it seems that, like, bam, 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 bam. And then you get seven minutes plus of, you know, a soundscape. And I don't mind soundscapes, but it just didn't work for me. It's okay to take a break sometime, Mark. Okay I, just a a I just need, like, stretch your out a and little fast, bit. Hard no. and fast. Time is money, my friends. <laughs> alright so that's uh, Corona Radiata so let's hear a little bit of the next track which is The Four of Us Are Dying
2: Instrumental track, but also one with way more of a point, if you ask me. Um, unlike the last song, which is kind of an atmospheric drone, this one has it has a beat, it has some groove, and it has some layers to it. And uh, I think it's a good pick me up after the last song. And I, I think you could you could probably actually, you could take this song and probably rap over it. It could be a hip hop.
0: It's got a good beat, that's for sure. I do like the spaciness of it. I do like the uh, uh, the little... Is that a guitar riff or a bass riff? That doo-doo-doo-doo. Like, it's a bass riff. Okay.
1: Um, I really When do you en- said doo-doo, that should have been a, a, a blaring yeah. Well, <laughs> Using your minor there are no, there voice. Are
2: time, there are times where Robin Fink's fooled me into thinking... See, that's right.
0: I don't know yeah. if it's yeah. like a detuned guitar. I don't know if it's like a pedal effect. Something. You could be on to um, something there. Um, so I don't know. Uh, or it could even be just since for all i know if
2: we're talking about sounds on this song though one sound i like which might be the guitar is a yeah. you know that that
0: uh, yeah that thing yeah I that's a good
2: that. thing pretty good thing going on
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so i remember always listening to this record and uh not i could never remember the title of this track like, this, this is the part of Nine Inch Nails. This is, the, like, in terms of the, the albums, I have a hard time remembering what the song titles are. Well, yeah. I did um, up until this project.
1: I don't think, I, <laughs> I think it's going to stick The that.
2: four of know. us are dying.
1: The four of us are dying.
2: <laughs> That's a good title. Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: It's it
2: actually, a I'm, a, I'm a part-time Twilight Zone nerd. Like, I can't tell you about every Twilight Zone episode, but I do love the idea of the Twilight Zone, and when I sit down and watch the Twilight Zone, I'm, it makes me happy. Sure. This There's a Twilight Zone episode called The Four of Us Are Dying. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then man, it centers on a man who can change his face. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know. What do you so think,
2: where's that? Where's that? Oh, I'm sorry. Did, yeah, Sarah, go ahead. We'll make fun of Eric in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um.
3: Yes, I, I love this song. It I like the beat. It um, made me shimmy my shoulders when I was listening to it and driving. And uh, at times it reminded me of The Cure. I don't. Oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah. I, I could see, it see that. Absolutely. It just really flash. gave me oh, yeah. a cure you, you vibe. Def-
2: you definitely unlocked something there. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: I mean, what's not to like about all those things? Um, I thought it was gutsy to do two instrumentals in a row, though. But I, yes, I wrote. Yes, of course.
2: If you had to pick one, I think this is the uh, one we would have picked. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: yeah. Where does this fit in, in the storyline, Eric? Oh, <laughs>
1: that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Well, we know we know the demon seed has started gestating. Uh, the, the, if Twilight Zone is, is actually meant to, Amanda can change his face. I mean, now he looks like who he was, but this demon's kind of taken over. He's broken down. He can't fight anymore. That picture looks like four coffins that are open. That's what I'm seeing. No. That's what I see, too. It could also be seen as four guys
0: uh, all facing the same direction. Uh, Could be Uh,
2: four doors, four gateways.
0: Staircases is another one that people say. Um
3: I see those weird interlocking S's that people used to draw on their Stucys. binders. Well, Stucys. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can
1: lock a mad Stucys. But I uh, definitely see Coffins more yeah. than anything. Still, though, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss other than what I said about the Twilight Zone reference, what, who the four people are in the story. So that's another mystery I've got to crack in, and I couldn't crack it, guys. Trent
2: Reznor, Josh Freese, Robin Fink, and Alessandro Cortini.
1: That's it. It's the, only four the only one that lives is the bass player? Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well someone's got a bury him. it's right that hand. white panther blood <laughs> uh, you know
2: that's Scientology that's uh that helped him get out
0: that's yeah. right that's right so good song uh I do appreciate this instrumental track um but uh let's go ahead and close it out by listening to the last track which is Demon Seed
2: Gina Point,
1: Eric.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> tell us all about it. That's it. Yeah. It, what a first of all, what a cool closing track. It, it, it is, a, yeah, and, a, and I, they, I they don't usually end like with a fast song. They usually end with a, yes. with a think piece uh, or a or a, uh, a ballad.
2: Yeah, they usually end with a sit back and think about what you've done with yourself. Yeah. This is they don't often end with. Rising action tracks,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this is a pretty engaging song. Um, they don't expand too much out of the limited palette that they're using sound wise on this album. Um, this song's
2: a little more chopped and screwed than the other ones. It is though.
1: more chopped and screwed. Little, yeah, yeah, more chopped and screwed. Um, I like the countdown that each verse starts with a with the uh, or the count up. I guess. I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, I didn't. This, I didn't
2: hear that until I listened to this album like five times.
1: Yeah the, yeah, the countdown. Yeah, and I, and I like that. Um, I like, uh, I mean, the lyrics are he's tying back into mostly Echoplex, but some other songs. The and this, you know, he's basically counting counting down or counting up to the demon's ascension. Uh, he can't fight anymore, and whatever the demon is, demon alcohol to throw in the Kink song there, or whatever it is, he can't fight anymore, and uh, these things have have built up long enough, and. He's losing his shit.
2: Whenever we talk about something building up that you can't stop and exploding and destroying in Demon Seed, I always think of the movie or uh, comic book Akira. Nice. so you know, I think of Akira when I think of the song.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And the, and the artwork to this, uh, I mean, it could be interpreted a lot of ways. It could be interpreted as a... It looks like a... a, a possibly a person with a something in the belly. So...
2: I feel that the uh, I have been trying to tolerate you is such a just Trent Reznor thing to say. Like, I've been trying to deal with you. It's just very, like, the, the, the I have been trying to, to, to tolerate you. I think of, uh, like, John Candy and Steve Martin, but Trent Reznor and Trent Reznor and planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Those aren't pillows. <laughs> Great film. Yeah. Great film. Um, Sarah, what do you think?
3: I wanted to love this song and I do love parts of it but the yeah yeah yeah's just kill me and it just throws the whole thing for me Um, I thought upon my first listening oh this is my favorite song and then those yeah yeah yeah's kick in and I just can't
0: oh those pesky yeah yeah yeah's (laughs) (laughs)
3: uh oh that's what I usually think
0: Oh, about Karen O Hey, they uh, work together. We'll get. <laughs> know. We'll get there. <laughs>
3: I, I love know. those. Yeah, yeah, yeahs. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeahs
0: are good. Uh, they have their moments. They're great.
1: Solid top to bottom.
0: Solid. Hmm.
3: Top. Well, to
0: that's bottom. right, Mark. I like top that. To uh, that EP
1: uh, was the, uh, is is the, or was like the the fucks on you suck that song. That's really good. Song. Well, I look forward mm-hmm. to the uh, oh, yacht
2: the the, the, the yod, yod yod yods podcast.
0: Oh man, I'm telling you. Jen will be on that one I tell bang, you bang, 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 bang. <laughs> that would be That's a good a project body. for you guys uh, yeah we'll work some stuff out on there <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> um, so Steve did you want to go ahead and give your two cents oh not really
2: this song um, I didn't appreciate it nearly as much as it I, I thought I should um, it actually ended up being maybe my second or third favorite song on, on this record it has a really just weird it it, it kind of comes at you from all angles it uh it's not necessarily verse course verse that much and the lyrics are understated but also in your face at times. It just uh it manages to be quiet and loud at the same time, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. The song is split into six different sections, and you can tell that it's kind of like a mishmash of things going on. Um it kind of goes along with that artwork. Uh the red is all over if you really look at what uh, if the artwork is really kind of trying to tie everything thematically together, um, and whereas Eric was saying that something was growing inside on that last square, but it also shows uh, if you kind of look at it from top to bottom, uh, the square is actually becoming more formed, um, like a, like a seed. You know, it's actually mm. turning into something. And the red lines that were in the previous artworks are no longer contained. It's just spilled out all over. The song has never been played live. Uh, the lyric, the kind of the follow the same structure of the Greater Good from the Year Zero and New Flesh. And apparently, the drum loops are the same uh, from a bonus track uh, from from Ghosts Thirty Eight. Oh yes, yes.
2: Um, I I um. It's a bummer it's never been played live. Maybe I I guess. There's some songs they're like, yeah, they never even think about playing live. I I don't even know. It'd be s it'd be an interesting song to try to work into a set list. go like it'd have to be a closer, I think. Yeah. And um, doesn't the song cut off abruptly? It, it,
0: it I think it does. Um Uh no. Uh so, yeah, it does end itself suddenly following the repeated whispers of there is a seed inside of me and that's it. Yeah, it does. And I,
2: it just stops. I love the, the, there's a vocal effect on that. There is a seed inside of me that I love. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, uh, I have reached a point. Yeah. I actually noted in my notes that I enjoyed the yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course,
1: yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> Any time, and, uh, anytime
1: Trent's having a little fun with this.
2: There's kind time. of, actually kind of like, you know, there's kind of a, one of the reoccurring Trentisms is the whole nothing can stop me now type deal.
4: Yeah. This
2: song kind of fits in with that, you know is he saying that you know i am i he's become a superpower that can just do whatever he wants be it for good or for ill
0: yeah uh, um so hot take this is my favorite song off the record that's a good yeah. i think yeah. it's, it's yeah, worth being is. a good one yeah um uh, just because of all of the different dynamics in the song uh he's doing a lot vocally uh it's just a fun good way to end the record and it's, it's my favorite one off the record
2: there's a part and also it again has uh Arabian low era Bowie synths in it towards sure. towards the very end there.
0: Uh, off of and, Lodger. Is that kinda what kinda you're talking yeah. About? The, okay. like, there,
2: there's a few songs in this album that have and the last toward after all the vocals but before he quits singing, if that makes any damn sense on this song. Some string warbly synths come in that I really adore. Yeah. Um good good closing track. Um, I think there are parts of this album oh let's just f- final thoughts
0: yeah so uh favorite favorite song off the record
2: favorite song off the records uh, head down
0: Sarah favorite song off the record discipline discipline Eric head down head down all right yeah head down and this one was like uh demon seed were were real close but yeah I went with this one
2: um I think I think of someone this is their first 90 knows record and it is for somebody out there which is weird to think about but it Everything is somebody's first, just like, you know, every superhero, somebody's favorite superhero is D-Man. Um, but. Ooh.
1: <laughs> know,
4: bro. Exactly. Bro, what? But
2: if you kill him in a comic, someone's going to be upset and write you a bunch of emails. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, like, unlike the Downward Spiral or the Fragile, or even with Teeth, if those were your first ones, this would not make Night to Nails your favorite band, probably. Sure. If yeah. it was your introduction. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to blow your mind about this record. This is but, a completest album, but sometimes you gotta hit a, just a strong single, you know. Yeah. Can't it al- can't always be a, mul- a, a multi-base hit? Um, I, I think it's, but I think it's a good record, and definitely like most of these records in this project, I appreciate it twice as much after sitting
1: down listening to it for our podcast. Yeah, yeah. what would you rank it? How many out of yeah nine out of nine? A six.
3: I'm gonna go. Just go with your gut. I'm gonna say six as well.
1: Okay,
0: that's a little high. I was thinking that you were only coming at like a four or a five.
3: You know, it, this this album grew on me. I think okay. I think when I yeah when I first when it ended and I was alone in my car, I was driving home from San Francisco, and I audibly to myself went, "Well, that was a weird album," but <laughs> <laughs> but I. Most I'm mostly like really into it. I think it's good.
4: Eric? Yeah, I'll
1: give it a... Hmm. You know what? I'll give it a 7 out of 9. And I'm surprising myself there, because when I was driving over here today, I, th- I thought I was going to do a 5 out of 9. Because the, the the sound palette is very limited on this album,
4: mm-hmm.
1: which... I find it as a negative because I like all the studio time going in but kind of understanding it is what it is in that department his lyrics are probably top notch like he's never been like so good with his lyrics and for something that he just they just shit out in a couple weeks like he like it's pretty good and the fact that he could thematically tie these together even if my narrative is completely off the mark the fact that there is some reoccurring themes and and for something that could have just been a cli- a bunch of rehearsals they recorded and release as an album. Um, there's a lot of bleh, but the, the high the high marks are definitely songs that would be in my like top 20 Nine Inch Nails songs. So, yeah. Uh, six out of nine.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: six out of nine. I think when I
0: first was getting back into it, um, I liked it better than what I thought it was. It, I always kind of had it as just a, if I was doing a run-through of Nine Inch Nails, that's when I would listen to this album. Uh, going back, now I do enjoy some of the most of the tracks that are on here, um, but there are a few detractors. Uh, even though Eric is a big fan of Letting You, I think it's a detractor. Um, and same with Corona Radiata, I think it needed to be pared down a little bit. Um, and the sound palette, like you said, it was recorded in three weeks, so there wasn't much expansion going on. It was just let's. The first half of the record is very. Uh, I could see it uh, being recorded in a warehouse or a garage. And then the last half uh, it kind of falls more into that year zero kind of Mm. atmospheric. Um, So it's not as cohesive as I would want it to be. But at the same time, it still hangs together. um, But it's not not a grand slam.
2: It's no hesitation, Marks. Um, Which I can't wait to talk about one day. But I I do... Yeah, I think it's it's fun though for a band that n- takes five years between records, not anymore, but they did, mm-hmm. um, to see what they could do if they just tried to just be a band. I, th- I think that was part of the experiment. They did, you know, it wasn't an accident. They said, let's just knock an album out, and it, that's what they sound like. Right. So on another planet where Nine Inch Nails puts albums out as uh, frequently as um, Weezer, this is what they sound like.
0: And that is that.
1: Yeah, and that there we do. That we did it, folks, and we did it under two hours. Oh well, a well,
4: couple, hold couple,
2: on. couple hold other on. things. Hold on. Couple <laughs> other things. Yeah. Um, hold
1: on. There's a couple tatters, a couple remnants. Um, usually, we go into the remixes, remix roundup, and sadly, maybe this is this is the cloud of depression over me. I there, I, I there's no remixes for me to talk about. I love talking about remixes. There's not. There's not a one off this. Um, it's more
2: time for you to play Bioshock.
1: You go online, you could find some some fan remixes. There's a couple like pretty decent ones because they release multi tracks. They're have, not they're not good. Uh, Tweaker Raid does some pretty good remixes, and this guy called Reeps does some pretty good remixes. But anyways, you think they're fans of the show? They they they, 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 they that would be great. Um, you know, we could do a collaboration, a three way a three way. On a, on a couple songs. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, there's a couple there is a there is a trench song that we totally missed a couple episodes ago, uh, where he did the music for a Zac de La Roca song from the Fahrenheit nine eleven movie. Mm-hmm. And um, what's that song called Mark? I don't remember. Put him on the spot. God damn it.
2: Look
4: it
1: up, look God, it up while I'm looking it up, Steve. Look tell it up me about while I talk your, about it. Tell me about your um your recent rebirth, uh, your rage rebirth. Well, for one, Trent Reznor was supposed to make an entire album. There you go.
2: With Zach D. La Roca, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. I think it would have been great. This one song, pretty good. Rage Against the Machine, classic band. Every album, very good.
0: Did we ever uh, now that we're talking about ancient history We want it all. Sorry. Uh, did we ever talk about We want it work? now. We did talk yeah.
1: We oh. mentioned them but Oh
0: yeah, but yeah but the is... fact that like some of those songs appeared on Pussifier and, so, uh, or Pussifer. Potions.
1: Potions. And then
0: A Perfect Circle. Did, uh, right.
1: Songs no, those were fake. tapeworm songs? Yeah. Pus- yeah. P- Pussifer's. Puss Pussifier. Pussifer. Pussifer. Terrible. Yeah.
2: Did we already talk about how bad that band is? It's just, like, joke bands are really hard. Like, joke bands are either going to be awesome or terrible, and usually they're terrible.
0: I still stand behind uh, a live version of Country Boner. If you haven't seen it's actually pretty funny. Huh. <laughs> huh.
1: So <laughs> have you guys not seen it?
0: No, we're not going to watch it right now. We're going to watch
1: it. <laughs> Pusifiers Pous- P- 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 is like a is like a Maynard James Keenan side project, but Danny Lohner from National's was heavily involved in the production of it, and he was part of Tapeworm, which is why they do potions on on one of their albums. And um, you know, they had out- their, their uh, that was Maynard James Keenan's little fake band off uh, Mr. Show, Mr. Show, the yeah. Run Ronnie Run.
2: That's about the sketch. best thing that. Right. related to that project so
1: that's a little something from this era that came but uh out. back to rage against the machine
2: uh so i recently went through and did a run through in all their albums and they all stand up i one thing i love about rage against the machine i'll say love now yes is that all their albums i always appreciated that they were only around for about less than a decade but every one of their records sounds similar enough to where they could have all been recorded back to back to back um the, the, the sonic quality doesn't jump all over the place. It's really really good if you listen to it all in a row. Uh, Sarah, how do you feel about Rage Against the Machine?
3: You know, I I know like their hits. Sure. Wow, wow, wow Yeah, wow. they're they top hits, and I always I, I liked them, audio slave. but I never got into them. I could see how maybe now they might be a good
2: oh, yeah. thing was, to get into, like defin- like it's defin- topical now. Yeah. Well, since you know you know with your dystopia yeah. fatigue. <laughs> I was like, you know, how do do I fight back? And uh, apparently listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers fronted by a really good MC was how I would do it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, Zach Diorga is a great MC. He actually showed up a Lyricist Lounge song with KRS-One, and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So and that's the first time I heard him rap, and he was supposed to do a whole rap album with Trent doing the music. They just did one song off this uh, called We Want It All, and it's on YouTube. Check it out. So it's a, it's a pretty I shouldn't
2: good, be dismissive, uh, the, they're, they're, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are terrible. That's yes. uh, Tom Morello's great great guitar player, right? Um,
1: so there was that, and then oh, there's a really there there from the Ninja tour. Just because we talked about MC5 so much, there's a great clip out there. Uh, Boots Riley recently directed the uh, "Sorry to Bother You" film. He's and, been in the news, and he was in the band called The Coup.
2: He was also giving Spike Lee the business about some aspects of Black Klansman. That's right.
1: And he, he, was in a, he was in a rap group called The Coup, and he had a side project, which was more of a rock rap thing, called Street Sweeper Club. Street Club? Uh, Street, Street Sweeper, Street Social,
2: Sweeper Club, Social, Club. Social Club. Which right. also included Tom Morello, yeah, it didn't Tom it? Yeah. And, they, yeah,
1: and they opened for Nine Inch Nails and Jane's Addiction, and they did play Kick Out the Jams by MC5, and there's a great clip of them playing and Trent uh, singing on that song. Um, It's really cool. It's really really well
2: done. If you ever want to listen to a song and think of Steve crying, uh, we all know about Rage Against Machines' version of Ghosts of Tom Joad, the Bruce Springsteen classic. The live version of that with Bruce Springsteen and Tom Morello together oh gets me every time. Yes. There you go.
0: All right, so thanks, guys. Uh, It closes us out. Um, thank you very much, Sarah, for joining us. Yeah, this, this has was been fun. tons of fun. I'm so glad that you could uh, join us yeah. tonight. This Thanks was for great. asking me. Absolutely. it was You're super fun. welcome to come back for any future episodes that you like. So our next episode, we're going to uh, talk about the social network um, because uh, Trent... And Atticus won Oscars for it, so we're going to devote an entire episode to the score and mostly talk about the film and how it all fit together in him in his first scoring.
2: It'll probably be a quick episode. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be uh, a track by track analysis so much, guys. I think there's trying to tell a story though. That
1: <laughs> I think there's a story behind the social network. Hey, you know what is
0: cool? No, okay, we're, we'll get into all the little cool little sayings in the next uh, in the next episode. And then after that, then we're going to also talk about How to Destroy Angels, uh, the side project he did with Mary Queen and Atticus and uh, Rob Sheridan.
2: We're going to test your limits and ours on that.
0: Oh, it's not that bad. And then after that, in the following episode, we're going to just lump all of his film scores into one episode. That'd be the Um, rest of them. So we won't actually pick up... On uh nine inch nails until the uh for about three episodes. Um so we hope that you'll join us on this uh this wild ride. This is really gonna test your
1: fandom and we'll know. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes. But yeah. thanks again for all your feedback on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, wherever you 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 get your socials. Um Sarah, did you want to plug anything? Um no. No?
2: sarah sarah leads a life in the real world she's a not not making her bones in the digital world like so many other people hey no that's because she's a human of substance
0: human of substance she lives life in the uh the physical realm
3: yeah i was telling my brother i was gonna put this on my sag resume though
0: absolutely so there you go (laughs) So uh, any closing thoughts, you guys, or should we close up the old bag? Uh,
2: This album was good. It uh, only could have been a free album. This album, no way this would have existed in the late 90s when you had to worry about the charts.
0: And there you have it, folks. Uh, So tune in next time where we talk about a film score. Bye-bye.
3: Bye.